Derek, my man, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Well, I am happy that we are able to just have this discussion, man. Oh, man, same here. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Everything sounding okay on my end? Everything is perfect. Everything is lovely. We are good to go. But uh, I just, I've really just been thinking about, you know, like, wow, we really have been uh, knowing each other for a while now. And, you know, just being able to see your growth, it's really remarkable, dude. I just want to give you all the um, adulation and props for that because it's well-deserved, you know, you know. Oh, thanks a ton, man. I, that really means a lot. Um, it's definitely been surreal. It's been a whirlwind, you know. Um, like you said, you and I haven't uh, gone back literally, uh, what, five, six years or so. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm sure you'll get, you know, touch into it later. But, I mean, along the way, just the people we've been able to cross paths with. And you've, you've definitely uh, been a helping hand for myself and really instrumental. So it's great to uh, stay in touch and to see you continue to do your thing as well. Appreciate that, man. Just uh, gonna get right into it today. I just so like why why sports, man? Like I know your story, but I want the people to know your story. So like you have a passion for this; it's undeniable. Why does that passion exist? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me on. I know I uh, we our schedule time we got pushed forward a little bit um, on my end, so apologies for that. But like I said, it's great to great to be able to connect. Um, so jumping right into your uh, to your question about why sports, um, man, I would just say it's that's a very good question. I think it's something that uh, in many ways, just always like as a kid was a passion of mine, and I think a lot of it's from my father. I think him showing me sports early on in my life, like, um, between baseball, football, basketball. Those were the three main sports, and he was a big baseball guy. So, you know, um, he never forced sports on me, but I think just, you know, sitting down in the living room with him and watching a game or just being able to pick up, like, it might be a foreign language now for many people, but being able to pick up the Sunday, you know, Chicago Tribune front page sports, you know, and just read anticipating when, you know, the newspaper and when it would be coming and, like, just being so excited to – see the storylines and to read the newspaper and to learn about, you know, my Chicago, my favorite Chicago sports teams and read the headlines, learn about the players and the teams and everything that was going on. So I think for me, it was just like something I saw early on, really enjoyed it. Then of course, you know, got active with it, participating in sports myself, fell in love with basketball at an early age, especially, and um, just wanted to, find that way, find that route. All right, what, this is so cool. And it's, it's so funny that you asked that too, because if you ask family or anyone, they'll probably tell you the same thing. It was just sports was always like my life. And I think as I grew up, like now, of course, I've, I've found a better way of balancing everything. Um, but I think early on, it was like, that was just everything. Like I knew I wanted to, of course, at, at a young age, I wanted to play, be a professional athlete. And then as I got older and kind of saw the writing on the wall, so to speak, for myself in regards to, um, uh, you know, just ability or, or paths where it, was, where it was heading into. I think for myself, um, being, you know, right around the time before I finished high school, just realizing like, you know, hey, I may not be able to play at this high level, but what's the way I can stay in sports? And I love talking and I love sports. So perfectly just like that, you know, hand in hand sports talk and uh, entered the broadcast journalism field and, kind of never turned back man so it was always something I enjoyed and was very passionate about and now being able to bring it to reality um and and stick around it man it's uh nothing like it nothing nothing like it at all so going to uh basketball you know like that's something that we definitely share a love for the game but like who would you say your game most resembles in the NBA today Oh, it's nice, man. I I appreciate this question. Um, I I can't even quite say I'd be on uh on par with any of the guys. Um, but I will say I I do play in a lot of adult basketball leagues. Okay. Um, so I, I enjoy. I I think if you ask any of my my uh, teammates or friends that I play with, I'm I'm a big. I like I love to drive to the basket. 
Okay. I don't mind the contact. I like to, you know, try to like the Euro step and the reverse layups and, you know, the, the and ones, you know, letting out that big and one. Um, so just being able to drive to the hole, like, you know, I, I think for me that's big. And I, I like to think I got that from my favorite athlete, um, you know, my favorite basketball player, um, Derek Rose. So I think that Derek. was one guy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the documentary on him? I have, man. It was actually very well done. What'd you think about that? I haven't seen it yet. Like, poo. Like, I have to check that out. Like, you need to. Derek, Derek wrote, like, people People today just don't understand what he did for the city of Chicago. Like, oh, I'm just, I'll just even keep it to, like, on the court, but off the court is a whole nother story for all of his philanthropy in the city and all of, you know everything that he was doing. And Joakim Noah as well, who out dang did a lot of, a lot of the Bulls do a lot of really good work, but especially Derek, like just his presence being from Chicago, man. Yeah. Like those playoff runs, like he just, this is my theory. And again, this is a hypothetical, but I feel like if Derek Rose is healthy, there's no way, like, the Heat can even ever – are never in position to even be a dynasty. I feel like LeBron's not going to the eight straight finals. Like, it's – it changes basketball. Just a healthy Derrick Rose. Like, I think that was a complete um, turning point in the NBA. No, it's, it's interesting. I think I, I would say, you know, of course, he did a lot. Um, like you said, his impact went beyond just the basketball court. But it's definitely interesting to see, you know, uh, what could have been the impact he had when, when, he, when he was, of course, was on the floor and being that, that leader that he is and uh, just seeing how defenses would have to play him and react to his playing style and him being able to elevate his games year in and year out you know, to be versatile in, in his many ways. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting to think about. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's, uh, you know, everything everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. um, now, he's, now he heads into free agency, and we'll, we'll see where he uh, ends up. But like you said, his documentary is out. He has a book coming out. So it's really mm-hmm. cool to see Derek be able to tell his story. And I think to, he just uh, had a new kid, right? New baby? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's Yep. So it's neat to, you know, see the, the family Derek Rose and to see how this guy's grown, you know, from yeah. first entered the league and how he took everybody, you know, just in awe, right? And now it's like, all right, so taking it to another level. So it'll be interesting. And it's, I think, like, the league has just changed so much. Like, what would you say the cycle of an NBA is, like, in terms of eras? Yeah, do you um sorry, can you clarify just a little bit? You mean Okay. Like yeah. like in terms of style of play, like what are the prevalent trends that kind of like define a specific um point in time um of the NBA? Like I feel like you know, we're now in like the super team era whereas five eh, like maybe what yeah maybe five years ago we were in a different sort of era right um and then i think we're probably hitting into a different era now maybe like we're at the end of the super team era and it's going to be something different moving forward but i i don't know yeah no it's uh it's unique that's a really good question i think now it's a lot of um, you know, and it's really neat to see how like a player could transform everything. I do mm-hmm. think that the emergence of Steph Curry and his ability, everything. Like, yeah, and it's so unique because a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, it ruined the game." But in my opinion, it really didn't. It really just brought out everybody to like take their game to another level, right? Like the three-point right. shot—that's you know the high, highest. Um, unless you get a four-point play, I mean, the three-point shot is really your you know most valuable asset in regards to <laughs> being able to close deficits or extend leads or I mean right. you know how it is like all a big three pointer is a dagger for a lot of teams, especially momentum or someone going mm-hmm. on a run. So I think like 
guys being able to shoot from three and deep and then, you know, get out, getting out and run in transition as well. And like, it's, um, I would say that's kind of there when right now, like you said, there are a lot of teams forming with a lot of talent and guys, you know, want to play together, join forces, so to speak. I personally don't have like any major objective to it. It's, it's guys prerogatives. I think everybody has their reasons and things they want to achieve in the league. They're at this highest level. They're making millions of dollars and, Mm-hmm. You know, they're sacrificing their, their bodies as well every day. And I think um, everybody times with it. families, there's a lot to it. And yep, definitely. You definitely. Know, so, like, you know, I think we criticize them if they don't win. Right. So it's like, we can't have it both ways. You know? <laughs> like, well, yeah. And that's why I give a guy like DeMarcus Cousins a lot of credit. If you recall, you know, the past summer before he went to Golden State, you know, he mm-hmm. took the minimum or maybe just what was kind of being offered at that time. But this is still one of the most premier. Because he was coming off an injury. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And one of the most premier big men in the league. And, you know, hey, he's, you know, flat out like, you know, I'll go and get my uh, my ring or, you know, the the perspective, so to speak. And it's like he was very close, of course. Um, Of course, Toronto ended up getting their their first championship. But I mean, just, you know, and and unfortunately, DeMarcus had his had his injuries. But it was just like I give respect to a guy like that. He's like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to go about it. And, you know, put my skills on showcase. I want, we're going to play on national TV all the time. We're in this huge market. Um, like, let's, you know, let's make things happen. And I don't know, we'll see what, where everybody kind of ends up this summer. But, you know, I, I think ultimately um, it's kind of just whatever, whatever guys want to do. So you're right. It is a little different than before. I think when I was growing up really watching the game, it was like a lot of like hard style basketball. The big men still had like a certain um, – part of their game which I think made them so unique I think now it's like hey to, in order to be a big in the league you do have to be able to you know pick and pop you got to be able to hit from from deep you have to have like you know range you have to be able to have a solid mid-range jumper it's not really a lot of like you know finesse slam dunks on people's heads you know jam so it's uh it's it's different but you know I mean that's basketball right I mean you evolve as players come in the league and it, it cool. changes all the time like yep you know, the the era right before the Bulls era is like, you know, the era that no one really talks about um, is the Pistons, right? The bad boy Pistons. Um, yep. You know, their style of play wasn't quite the Bulls style of play, at least for that first three-peat. Because actually, like, in that second three-peat, it's more similar to, like, um, they were more of a defensive team than an offensive team for that, like, third run. For that second run, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, but when you think about like, we're not an like Michael Jordan won a Defensive Player of the Year. Scottie Pippen won, you know what was was like all defensive teams and you know considered a standout <laughs> defender. Whereas now it's. And I think this goes to the NFL too, where it's like it's more concentrated on offense. And I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm a defensive player first and foremost. Um, like, I'll answer the question that I asked you earlier. Like, if I had to compare my games to anyone, it would probably be like a uh, Jimmy Butler. Nice. Um, you know, but um, you know, and or maybe maybe a little bit more rebounding, but yeah, something like that. Um, but like I I take pride in the defensive end, but like at the same time, like like it's fun to watch James Harden play, right? For most people, mm-hmm. it's not, and, and I think he's a better defender than he gets credit for maybe but like I think there have been times where he's been absolutely non-existent on defense for sure like seasons where he's just not really a defensive player but like that that helps the league grow if that makes sense no definitely yeah I get what you're uh it's it's interesting to um to think about, we'll see what happens. Like I said, man, this this summer is really big in a lot of ways in free agency. And um, do you have any predictions you want to give us? Man, I don't have any uh, any 
any major predictions. I'm kind of just just tuned in like everyone else. So I'm just excited to kind of see. I know there's a lot of talks of where Kyrie and Kemba and KD wind up. I like to think KD will, will head back to Golden State. It would be cool to see, uh, um, you know, Kyrie and, you know, maybe somewhere else. But I'm not quite sure where, where everybody's uh, where everybody's looking. I'm excited to see what the Lakers look like with um, with AD and LeBron uh, next season and, you know, see what happens with Clay as well with the Warriors. I think he's a guy who, like, it's crazy to think a guy like him is like a – third option on a you know a on, team. On a stat. yeah <laughs> um as many teams would probably die to have him as their as their first option right so yeah it would be it would be neat i would love to see the bulls get a guy like d'angelo russell but i understand that's uh you know they got a different process too so yeah man it'll be uh keep hearing brogdon to the bulls oh really okay that'd be that'd be nice to you high high iq and i saw he an interesting stat about him that I did not know that he was the only player this season that um, have a 50, 40, 90. Wow. I was like, that's wow, awesome. that was very interesting. Yeah. No, it's, so it is, it is. And Milwaukee's good too. You know, of course with Giannis and he's getting his MVP award. So it's, it's neat, man. But I think we're in an interesting place right now with the NBA because it's open, like, you know, the Warriors, they're injured right now. So, like, they're still going to be a competitive team, but they they might not be as dominant, right? And then you have the reigning champs are in the East. But if Kawhi leaves, that changes the dynamic of that team. So, potentially, both conferences would be wide open. Yeah, that's... uh. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good point. It's a good perspective on it. So we'll see where those guys, uh, where, where everybody, like we said, where everybody ends up, and it'll be uh, it'll be a unique journey. That's for sure, man. So looking forward to seeing more basketball around the corner, and uh, you know, summer league starting up, and see what Zion and all these exciting young prospects, man, what they'll bring to the league too. So, so yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, and I also think the league is going more international. What do you think about that? It's the one that's one with the NBA um, is that they have. It's neat, you know. Of course, myself having that, you know, the the opportunity I've worked in the NFL the last few years, and some guys still study um NBA into all these markets and play games in Africa you know, different parts of the world, right? Like, and into what's to come, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just awesome to see that. And they really are in tune because, like, everybody loves basketball all over the world. And there are these guys, of course, you know, they're not wearing helmets and things, so you can, you can recognize them a little bit more and they have yeah. personal brands. And I think that really opens them up to over, right, when they do in the summer season and, such a global game and it really connects people all over, you know, and it's, it's awesome to see that it connects communities, um, you know, and it's pretty sweet to see the NBA like capitalize on that, tap into those markets, bring them the game they love, you know, bring them the game they love into these markets. And um, just the fans are all over the world for their favorite players and their favorite teams. Social media, Everybody feel like they're in the so once they done things of course and bumped in the city, etc. but I would say that really they're reaching what they're what they're doing and you know, and, and the I agree. Um, do you think that it, can you hear me? Okay, does the sound? Oh yeah, yeah. Can you hear okay. me fine? Yeah. The the sound was going a little in and out for a second there, so I just wanted to make sure. Oh yeah, no, okay, can. okay. Yep. Um, but the uh, like, do you think we'll ever see like an expansion team and? like a London 
team for the NBA or like a Mexico team or what? Man, that's a good question. You know, not anything's possible down the line mm-hmm. to expand and you're seeing your, your, your reach and how, like I mentioned before, how receptive and enjoyable it is for fans all over the, the, the world. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially like a Mexico City or, or you know, some, something like that. Something that's not too, too far away, I think, for opposing teams to really travel to. Um, but I think there's still in many ways, you know, it's, it would be – I think there's still many challenges, I'm sure, that would come with it. Logistically, logistics. yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot of logistics and things that would have to be figured out. But, you know, it's truly possible down the road. But, you know, let's keep in mind, there's a lot of those – NBL, yes, that do a tremendous job, you know, like right as of heading to Australia instead of heading to college, you know, like exactly. Guys are going, you know, I think we're going to see more and more of that. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised between that and the G League and opportunities over these, like you know, yeah. And it's it's um there's a lot of those leagues overseas that do a tremendous job that um and has a tremendous competition so you know while it'd be great to see them in other parts of the world for some people I think also it's very good basketball to see all the time you know? uh, yeah. So, yeah like I would actually love to see more Euro League basketball hey what's up man hey I do not know what happened but I don't think it will happen again Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Everything okay though? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I just didn't realize. I didn't know the hat cut off, but yeah, it was no just like, it was like, but I was like, wait, what? It like, because <laughs> once I like stopped the recording, it says like, oh, we're processing your audio. So that just popped up. I'm like, I didn't even hit that. I didn't even like my hand was nowhere near the that button at all. So I'm like, what is going on? Nah, no worries at all, man. But um. So we kind of started to make our way into uh, the NFL a little bit, um, as well as the NBA. Hello? Everything else, Um, you know, like the expansion, international play. Um, Like, I think players like... Luka Doncic um, kind of they seem to be a little bit more ready for the NBA than someone just coming right out of college that's kind of what I've been seeing lately like you get those um, and you still get players who are coming out of college who are ready to play NBA but I think there's something about the Euro League that um, a lot of players would want to take advantage of. Yeah, I would say, uh, well, I mean, you see it, you know, you're playing at this high level, grown men, guys who playing since they're, you know, 16, 17 years old. It's, it's very, uh, I mean, and professionally, I should say, since those ages and just being able to move up levels of teams and you grew up learning a certain style and very heavy emphasis on the fundamentals and they're strong physical guys and, they all have some length to them as well. And, you know, it's um, definitely, I, I think, prepares you well. Not saying the college game does not because there's some fantastic coaches that, you know, all, all, through, the, all through the league, you know, whether it's mid-major, low-major, high-major D1 teams, or even, you know, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, et cetera. There's guys, you know, very, very much passionate about helping guys develop and hone their skills at that next level. But you do see it in, you know, overseas. You're playing against these guys all, all the time, and especially if it's since a young age, you may have an easier time transitioning just because you're used to that certain structure or style of play or just who who you'd be matching up against and who, with because everybody's, you know, for the most part at that time, either body's developed or your competition has, has a certain chemistry too and a flow. They've been playing together for X amount of years and history and every, all that. So, yeah, I think it does prepare you and, you know, in many ways would give you, uh, I don't know if it would give you an 
uh, you know, it's it's tough to say an overall advantage, right? Because it really just depends on the guy and the and the player right. that you're putting in. But I think it just it definitely could, it, it can though it can prepare you, um, you know, differently and vice versa, right? There's guys who you know go to college that they needed that they needed that seasoning and those those yeah you know three four years and I mean there's guys who you know one and done that could have you know probably would have benefited them to stick around as well. So there's just many 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 factors, but I think you hit it on the head because the reason there's guys who you know wait a couple of years before they come on over, you know, um, Rubio and Miritich, etc. They're going to, they get drafted and maybe they want to stick overseas for a bit. And guys may even be in the NBA and decide to head back overseas. So there's obviously a reason for it. And part of it too, is probably, you know, the, the culture that these teams are able to build. And also, you I mean, you're not, you're not stepping down a level of competition. You're still playing against some very talented guys and talented teams. Absolutely. You know, you just kind of have to figure out what works better, best for um, yourself, you know. So there's so many different pathways to NBA stardom. Yep. Or just the NBA period. You don't even have to be a star, you know. Yeah, so true. Very true. But, um, like, moving over to the NFL, what – what do you love about football? Oh man. So I think for, for me, they just a game of football. Um, so it's a, it's a good question. I think just overall, you just see a lot of guys who um, put their bodies on the line. I think, I think especially, you know, like I mentioned, being blessed to have the opportunity to work for two organizations and see it from the inside, you know, you, you, these guys, you know, gear up all week, right? You know, you have your player off day, you have your rehab days, you have your practice days, your walkthrough days. If you're away, you're traveling, you're getting there and you're warmed up and you're putting your body on the line full force all the time, you know, um, defensive line to the old line, cracking helmets, cracking heads, you know, trying to, you know, just this will to win and this will to just be, you know, that top team. Like you just see so much heart and passion for what they're doing put into their craft and that all translates into success on the and I love about the game of football is Brady who can be you know 40 plus years old and play at this extremely high level and win championships and then you see it too you know you while the average NFL not for long was the you know a little acronym that's thrown out there and like the Mm -hmm. average duration is like three years you know what I mean because it's just such a shuffle it's cool to see guys have have a prolonged career to overcome adversity to overcome that um status quo so to speak and to take their take their games to another level and it's just like nothing like it there's nothing like a sunday like it's like the stage is set for this you know football prime time all of them all of the world's tuned in and it's like uh it's like a movie every every sunday or monday night football thursday night football etc it's literally like that's what captivates everybody to just tune on in and watch this, watch this sporting event. And that's why it's a billion dollar, you know, enterprise. And it's the, the probably the biggest in the world, like in, in many ways, I know they talked about baseball being the most popular and I know soccer's extremely popular, especially overseas, but I mean, you know, football is like that, that captivates like Sundays. Like I'm not, I'm I feel not like sure. football is the most popular or at least was for an extended period of time. Yeah, well, I was gonna say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Christian, but I know that you know Sundays. What, what do they say? It's for church and football. So I mean, that's what yeah. people capitalize in on. So it's, it's, you know, there's that whole dynamic to it as well, right? So it's like, just think about what it does in, in the South and those others. Like where we're from in Illinois, you know, they have their, uh, you know, you kind of just play your high school season. But in the South, it's like high school football is king too. You know, you have your spring seasons and then your fall season and then right. you have you know, two a days and yeah. You're doing all this all year round. It's it's just such more emphasis on that, and it's you know it really shows. So, which two organizations did you work with again, and like what capacity were you um, with the organizations? Uh, yeah, I worked for the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, yeah. 2017, and then I worked for the Green Bay Packers this past season. Uh, so I worked in Tampa Bay as their social and digital intern, and then I worked in Green Bay. At- 
their social media intern. So I've never actually been to an NFL game um, aside from being a working employee. So I've never actually sat in the stands. I've only been on the sidelines, which I don't take for granted. It's been a, it was a blessing. <laughs> That's awesome. A lot of fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been great, man. So to experience that up close, like I just it's uh, nothing like it, man. Honestly, nothing nothing like it at all. Um, I've been fortunate to see some great opposing teams as well, like New England and the Giants. Um, they played in Tampa Bay. So that was like Tom Brady and Odell and, you know, saw saw some of those other great teams, um, you know, saw saw Bears-Packers game. Like, you know, that's – I mean, I grew up a Bears fan, right? I mean, I still root for them. So, you know, it's my team. So it's like to see them be able to play live in this historic rivalry. And then, you know, it's, it's – uh, it was unique, man. So it's – it was a very cool experience. You never uh, played football, right? I did not. I – uh <laughs> didn't hit a growth spurt until like my senior year of high school and that was right around the time I graduated early um yeah school. so I never played you graduated way too early to get into broadcasting school because you graduated from that early you were like accelerated even in that yeah yeah it was uh yeah I left I had enough credits so I left high school um like a semester early and then I attended trade school and um curriculum um so it was it was neat, man. But yeah, I always just played for fun. So I've always loved to just play. Um, but no, I never wanted to uh, to risk all of that. I don't know if my uh, mother would have been a big fan of me, me trying to risk all that either. But I played same. I tried to play football in high school, and my mom was not having it. Yeah, exactly, man. So she barely uh, let me play lacrosse. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know how that goes. So what position do you usually play when you do play football, even just for fun? Oh, man. So I used to love playing quarterback as a kid growing up. I used to love that. Um, I think now I played in a couple of flag football leagues. So normally I mean, everybody's a receiver in the flag football. So um, yeah. I enjoy – yeah, I mean, I enjoy playing ride, ride receiver. And um, for the defense, I, I, I actually really do enjoy playing defense, like in the secondary. Like I either love being like the uh, – you know, just the lone safety back there or playing like cornerback. I think like a pick six is like there's nothing more demoralizing than that that you could do to another team. So it's it's very cool, man. So I actually – That's very enjoy, true. Yeah, I really enjoy um, being in the secondary like for pickup games or whatever. But re- receivers also, uh, it's, uh, it's fun, man. It keeps it rolling. So um, kind of getting into football a little bit more. But, like, if you had to coach a team in the – or, yeah, if you had to coach a team in the NFL, what team would you want to coach and why? Now? Um, man, how about – man, that'd be a lot of fun. That's a, that's, a, that's a scary group, man. They got some guys. Even just to be, like, a defensive coordinator, yeah. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Um, That's a really good question. Okay, we are back on. I do not know what's going on. (laughs) It might have been my Wi-Fi, but I'm glad I I tried to uh, reestablish it, so I should have a good connection. um, Okay, you know, iterations. Cool, cool. Well, no, we're a little short on time right now, but still have a few questions that I want to toss your way so sure for a few months here um okay so getting out of football and kind of going back into broadcasting how did you at like what were you 17 deciding that you were going to finish high school early and then going into broadcast like how did you decide like instead of like going to like a four-year program that, you know, the broadcasting school was for you? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. You know, it wasn't really till my uh, my junior year of high school um, at Wheeling High School when I was, uh, <laughs> I was actually cut from the, uh, the varsity team. So I didn't make varsity basketball. Uh, I was mm-hmm. like five foot four, maybe. I was, like I said, I was a little shorter. Um, but, you know, 
as opposed to the Michael Jordan being cut varsity story and he turns around and makes a career out of himself. I think for me, as I previously mentioned, I was like, all right, what's a way, you know, I could find a way to stay involved and, um, you know, with sports. So I, I primarily just focused on broadcast. Like that was something I was passionate about, blogging, writing at the time, helping under the radar, Hoopers. Um, so like my peers that were in other schools, like covering them at summer leagues and fall leagues and being able to do interviews and all that. It was it really was like, wow, this is something like that gets me rolling, you know, like you got to find that thing that kind of like provides that spark for you that kind of gets you up in the morning to go out and do what you'll enjoy. And I knew that was for me. So I wanted to just attack it head on. And I think, um, you know, I remember just sitting in the kitchen, my mother and my father and just telling them like, you know, I don't think a traditional four year school is for me. Not that I wasn't, you know, I like to think I was, I was solid, um, academically, I wasn't this you know, high-end, overachieving student, but I also wasn't like an underachiever. I think I was like right there in the middle, but I think for me, it was... Like okay. your typical 3.0, kind of 3.3 sort of student. Yeah, sort of, yeah. I, was actually, I was actually very thankful because right when I left, I actually had a 4.0, and I know our school is out of like a 5.0 scale, but it was just cool to to be like a solid like solid student right before I left. Um, so, you know, I knew it was for me though, man. I just, I had that like just that mindset and that feeling, that gut feeling. And I remember just telling my parents, hey, you know, I think for the investment wise too, right? Because I have two older sisters. They went away to college and, mm-hmm. you know, you have your, of course. Um, from you know, a very close-knit family, if, you know, for the people that don't know. Very close-knit, great family. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I'm thankful for them. But, you know, I, I saw how their experiences went going away to school. And I knew for me, I was like, man, like if I could have the opportunity to just go to this like I learned about my alma mater through uh it was like a one of those conferences they do like one of those like you know how you just like the schools do like presentations and things like that they were a part of like a job fair career fair type of thing or college fair so I just learned of that about them through there and I just knew I'm like that's that's where I need to go like that's gonna help me go right into the field um to learn a lot to get that experience and my family respected it. My parents respected it, gave me their blessing. And, you know, cause I was, I really, otherwise I probably would have went, I really wanted to go to UIC. I probably would have ended up either there or like community college at Harper for a couple of years and then go somewhere. But UIC doesn't really have like a major communications program. It was just, all right, where, where do you, you know, find your footing? And for me, it was like, Hey, Illinois center for broadcasting. Um, they sold me and everybody else on these high hopes and dreams. I think if I didn't, um, if I went back, I wouldn't uh, change anything. Um, like, you know what I mean? Like I, everything happens for a reason, but mm-hmm. I definitely came in the youngest in my class and had to grind, you know, grind hard, grind my butt off um, to, you know, the first day of class, they said, Hey, what's, what you learn here is only a portion of it. What you do in the real world is where you'll get your experience. And that, that, that triggered me and started me right off. Like, I was so motivated and ambitious on my first day of college, you know, being that young, I had that underdog mentality. I felt like I had a chip mm-hmm. on my shoulder and I just wanted to go and learn everything and do everything broadcast related, reporting, cover this camp, this event, be everywhere, you know, fall down and get back up and do it again. So, um, you know, I fed off that energy and that vibe and his, uh, it was a, it was a, unique experience man because you really had to just believe in yourself have faith and have a good support system and just kind of understand that like man like you know this is the path right now and I got to put everything I have into it and um you know I didn't really have my first I guess break really till the Buccaneers and that was even in social media that wasn't necessarily even in broadcast so you know you just tell yourself your time's around the corner as as Jay Cole used to say and eventually um it, it works out, man. It works out. So that was when I kind of discovered, hey, that was my path. This is where I want to go to trade school. I need to just focus here. And I mean, while bachelor's degrees are great and they probably would have helped me earlier to try to potentially land a position, I like to think, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like, you know, am I going to pay, you know, $120,000 over four years to have an entry-level position at a new station in like South Dakota that may pay like $22,000. I mean, not that I wouldn't, because I would have definitely taken an opportunity like that, right? Because that's what I'm passionate about. But you have to be realistic, right? Like, okay, well, like, if I can... It goes back to the numbers, right? 
Yep, exactly, man. It's like, all right, how, you know, like, all right, you know, while that's, that's what I really wanted to do, really, I mean, man, I would have, don't get me wrong, I would have done it. It's like, hey, like, you know, trade school with X amount of dollars, and, if, and I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm not in student loans or debt, so I just learned, hey, you know, this was, this was what it was meant for me, and I had the reps and those experience, and, like, I don't, I don't take it for granted at all. There was times where I was like, man, do I have to go back and get that degree? Do I have to go and do this? But, I mean, you just got to believe in yourself. You just have to, like... <laughs> You can't, you know, every time something doesn't go your way, you can't think, oh, man, well, you know, what if I would have done, you know, this or that? Like, because that's just, it's not a healthy way of thinking, right? Because it drives you crazy. Cause, yeah, yeah. That's, that's you can't the do the life. what ifs because you'll exactly. never know. You'll never know. Exactly, man. Exactly. So, so yeah. And, you know, I totally agree with that because, like, you know, for example, we met because of someone that you met, uh, you know, while you were in that broadcasting school. So we're, we're not going to mention names, you know, but whatever. <laughs> no, you're good, man. You're good. No, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. You know, that, that. Right. So being that, able to connect with you, that may, you know. Exactly. Exactly, man. That opened up a whole new doors. That was a whole wonder of opportunity. So I'm very appreciative of you for arranging that and putting that together. And, you know, and the, it's, it's been a blessing. And then, um, you know, so it's like, you know, what's kind of where we're, we're actually, uh, I'm talking to the viewers now, cause you know, this, uh, we're going to do an episode with, uh, Dan, uh, who been a long-term collaborator, partner of Derek's, um, and they have some interesting projects coming up. Um, so we're kind of going to get a little bit more into Dan as we go. But give us a little su- brief summary overview of Dan before we get out of here. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> you want to what, what 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 would Dan want me to say? No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. That's pretty funny, man. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I'm about to text him and let him know this was one of the questions afterwards, uh, just in case he tunes in and then he's like, what the... Um, no, nah, man, I, Dan by far is, uh, I tell him this all the time and I'm very thankful and, and, and this is where it goes back to, and I don't mind, you know, talking about this now and I'm sure we'll talk about it again when, you know, Dan and I, uh, you know, come on, come on the show together and join you again, which I'm looking forward to. I'm sure he, I know he is too. We were talking about it last week. Um, you know, I met Dan through you through that interview opportunity when, you know, with, with your, um, with your, with your segment and your entity. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that because that was right at the time when, you know, I was on the phone with an employer the day I graduated. And he said, uh, you know, if I didn't find a job in six months, I should try to do a different field because my content quality just wasn't quite there. The substance and what I was saying and my stories were on par but just overall quality and what I was producing and putting out to the world um, wasn't quite there. And Dan, and, and, you know, everything happens for a reason, man. And I think it's amazing. And, you know, you and I collaborating opened up that opportunity for Dan and I to connect. And ever since then, it really changed my life, man, working with Dan and the quality and what we were able to produce. I know <laughs> now I know at the end of the day, no matter what happens in my life, nobody could ever say that comment anymore, you know, because I know it's right. not, it would never be the quality anymore. It would only be myself. And I'm so thankful for that, Pete, because I hold myself accountable to bring 110% because I know Dan and J.O. and all those guys, they bring 110%. I push them. They push me. Sometimes we bicker back and forth a little bit. You know, it's you butt heads because that's creative, right? That's that's where the creative juices flow when everybody wants something and they're so ambitious. Um, so Dan, to me, I would say he's a hardest worker I know um, puts 110% in everything, tries to, um, sometimes he just, he's so kind that like he wants to help everybody out. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And it it puts sometimes stress on schedule and what he's able to do. Um, but a great guy who works so hard, man, such a massive creatively, has a great eye and is just super ambitious and motivated and is really passionate about what he does. He's, he wants to be a perfectionist and he's really honed in on that. And he's super business savvy. Sometimes he gets a little too, uh, he's got to lighten up a little bit. We joke with him and tell him that you got to enjoy the moments. And I think he's understanding that 
And I think he gets that and that, but that's also like, you rather tell somebody that than tell somebody they have to work harder. Right. Right. Absolutely. Rather tell someone you have to ease off rather than push forward. And that's the same thing he'll tell me. He's like, man, your excitement and your adrenaline, I don't want to slow it down, but you have to be able to parallel X, Y, Z. And sometimes I used to think, man, you know, I, I don't, it's tough to find that balance, but, but, um, for us, it was like, it was a really good flow and I just think a really good teamwork and collaboration. So, so yeah, and I'll, I'll say, with all and I'll say this, like, um, and I, I kind of want to dive into this more when I have both of you together, Yeah. but, um, with, for Dan, like working with him, I've seen, like, I started working with him, um, when he was like finishing up, uh, film school, right? And seeing that progression, like I can dissect video, you know, projects that he was working on then from projects he's working on now, and you would be astounded. That's because his commitment to always getting better. And like we've had conversations on projects we've worked with together um, where he's just like, that willingness and openness to like challenge himself cons- consistently, I think has proved uh, to provide dividends for him. Facts, facts. And I agree, man. That's uh, it's my brother, man. Always appreciate with him and uh, friendship that goes beyond just our working. And uh, I'm very excited for uh, for what's ahead next in store. I know we don't want to much. I know I don't want to mess up your flow either for the questions you have for that. But yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited, man. And like I said, very appreciative of you know, you and I having the chance to cross paths still back and it goes back to the power of networking and building relationships, right? Like you just never Absolutely. paths with and it's always good to meet good people, right? And that's how you build really solid relationships and a good foundation and it's the key to life, man. It's the key to life and very never take those moments for never take that, those experiences or those moments, you know. So yeah. And and that's so true because you know, at the end of the day, like, it's so hard to do great things with people who aren't good people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, you and Dan are both good people. This is one point I want to make about you before I, we get off here is that, uh, you know, like, I've always seen the talent in you, but what's, like, been really impressive, because I, I see talent in people all the time, like, um, but it was interesting that you were so young pursuing your talent. And you did so with such a focus and like clarity, like you knew where you were going. But it's also interesting because like a lot of times when people are starting, they try to model themselves after people. And I've never really seen that from you. Like you always kind of, it seemed like you knew where, you know, who you were and you were comfortable where there was never that emulation. Um, and if there was, I just didn't see it, but, um, that's something that I've always kind of thought about you. And I don't know if I've ever told you that. Yeah. No, thank you, man. No, that really means a lot to me, man. I appreciate that. That's a kind words. I mean, I've always just tried to hone in on being authentic, man, put a lot of, you know, um, time and work and, and, uh, the humble pride into what, what I was blessed to do, you know, through God's. God's grace and opportunities, man, just with coverage and interviews and recaps and telling stories. And I think trying to take it to another level. So I've always just tried to, like you mentioned, man, just be authentic and, and, and kind of true to self, as they say, just kind of riding your own wave, right. You know, rock, rock to the beat of your own drum and just um, do me. Of course, you know, you, you know, there's, of course, you know, I loved, you know, um, I mean, some peace, Greg Sager. And I love, and, you know, Dave Kaplan and all these like, you know, broadcast guys and reporters, but I always just try to do my own thing and never not try about the next man up. Um, I think that's just me. And I was talking to J.O. about J.O. is one of the videographers who helps mm-hmm. with us uh, blown sports and has done some interviews with in collaboration with me. And he actually is starting his own entity. It's coming. He just graduated from Columbia um, downtown. Nice. Uh, very talented videographer. And he's been learning a lot from Dan as well, but we're shout out to him. Yeah, congrats. Shout out, straight up. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll pass that memo over. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you were talking about how little Wayne used to say back in the day, like, 
he he always he never really listened to had to listen to like other rappers i believe i can't i don't want to say quote for quote what he said but i was like other rappers or other musicians like he just wanted to do his style and his music like he didn't have to worry about like where it really matched up with all these other artists or he didn't have to worry about what was the flow or the trending right now like he just did his thing he didn't need to like he didn't worry about i guess the best way to put it is right like you're so worried you know you're not worried if any like uh what's the saying um I'm too focused on my grass to notice if yours is greener, you know, like you're right. just, you're just doing you like, that's the best way to go about it. Cause you're just focused. Don't get me wrong. It's good to learn and to try to pick people's brains. That's different, right? Networking and building relationships, right. learning business and life. That's different, but to actually just do you. Cause of course, man, I've been giving advice, you know, all the years, like from high, you know, profile broadcasters and reporters and media members, but it's like, I'm thankful for that. But some of the best advice I've ever gotten was from family and friends and just peers and guys who, you know, just know life. Like, you know, you don't, it, it's, it's, it's the, you got to take, everybody wants to tell you how to do your, do you, and maybe they all haven't done it, or maybe they have done it, but it's like, what are you going to take and implement to yourself? You don't have to take every bit and piece of advice, right? I mean, it's, what are you going to apply? And, you know, I think I'm thankful for that, man. I've learned a lot though. Um, from from peers and mentors and colleagues but i think you know i've always just tried to say hey well you know like this is like i want to tell the stories i want to tell and this is how i want to go about it and i'm never closed-minded i'm always open-minded to learning but i think um you do have to really believe in you like you have to you got to believe in yourself you got to be you true like you got to be true there's already there's already marv alberts and and all those guys. I don't need to be that. Like, you know, he's already the world needs like, you. It's gotta be you. Yep. In your best form, you know, or as facts. close to it as possible, right? Facts, facts. So yep, hit it right on the head, man. That was uh that was a great great question. I really appreciate that comment too. Like thank you for that. So it's uh it's exciting, man. Let's let's keep on progressing. I know you're doing some big things too and you know, on track with what you're wanting to do and uh, you know, I got you. I know Dan's got you. I know, you know, you got a lot of supporters, man, a lot of people in your corner. So um, I appreciate awesome. that, too. You know, sometimes as you're grinding, grinding, you uh, have trouble tuning out the noise and you don't always feel the love. So, you know, being able to just, you know, discuss everything with you today, it's been a total blessing. So I appreciate you, man. No, oh, man, thank you so much, man. Well, hey, thanks for uh hanging in there with me and being patient and every and all the listeners for their uh for their time i know we cut off a couple of times but i was i'm hope you're able to uh piece some of those together we had, it, was, it was a good conversation man a lot of fun definitely i will uh talk to you uh off recording off camera but yeah all right sounds good brother we'll appreciate you having me on and uh and yeah man till till next time till next time take care all right take care